My advice to you would be to keep your job if you have one, keep your nine to five because you get the lowest interest rates and you get the best deals from lenders. Don't quit until you have honestly like five to six properties doing either short-term rentals or long-term rentals, but don't quit. Keep that job and milk that job so you can get those properties. Everybody wanna get the bag, but y'all really know what it's gonna take. Trying to figure out how to start now. Blue gels, about to show you the way. Cause we're top finance and amortizing and anything it takes to get real estate. We've been grinding all day, finding ways to get paid. Better hop on this wave, cause we're dropping blue gems. JB dropping blue gems. AG dropping blue gems. New podcast, baby, tune in. We in this thing dropping blue gems. Let's go. Another episode of Blue Gems Podcast with Kiara Castleberry. You are incredible. So far, everything that I've learned about you, you've just been crushing it. And it's just a pleasure to have you. Why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners that hadn't heard your story yet? And let's get started there. Oh, well, first off, thank you guys so much for even thinking about me to bring me on. That really means a lot. Um, but my name is Kiara. I'm born in Austin, raised in Houston. Houston's home for me. I've been here since I was like three or four years old. Well, I grew up in poverty, like all my life. And growing up, I would always hear like, you know, we can't afford this. You can't have this. You can't have that. My mom was ever, probably never able, actually out of my whole I guess childhood, my mom was only able to come to like one sports game and I was in a lot of uh, a lot of sports. And I told myself when I grew up, I didn't want to be the kind of mother who um, I, I just didn't want my kids to go through what I went through. So that was really my driving force to uh, become an entrepreneur. But after I graduated high school, went straight into accounting. I stuck to the same degree the entire time. Realized after my last internship and working with a couple of big four accounting firms that I didn't want to do accounting. Um, I happened to start Airbnb. It was really fun. I made a lot of money and the rest is history. <laughs> and here I am. Nice. No, that's incredible. The accounting is going to be interesting because uh, that's what Aiden uh, specializes in, in as well. So I'll let you guys kind of talk about that. So talk to the accountants listening to this podcast right now. How did you make the jump from big four into short-term rentals? That's oh a way God. different animal. <laughs> it is different. I would say being in big four did help. It helped with like a lot of the processes we do and stuff did help. Um, but going between the two. So what happened was I was on my last leg of my internship at one of the big fours in Virginia. I love the company. In Texas, I was working with another one, another big four, did not like it. But this specific company, they were so nice. What I liked about them, y'all, let me be honest, I'll be honest <laughs> on this podcast, they didn't treat me like another Black person who was lucky to be there. I feel like when I was in Virginia, I felt like a human being. But in Texas, you just feel like another lucky Black person to be in the office. But it was really a make or break point because as we had our first Airbnb that was making way more than I was as an intern. I was like, okay, well, if interns on average make more than an average employee because like, you know, interns can charge overtime, I'm like, well, why don't I just get a couple more of these Airbnb things and just live off of that? So as I'm ending my internship, I have to choose, am I going to go full time or am I going to let that go? I literally, it was like a breaking point. And I chose something in me was like, Kiara, you can figure this out. I know you got a whole degree in accounting and you were the president of all these clubs and did all these things and built all these relationships and accounting, but she needs to let go and you need to go into real estate. My husband's in the military at the time. I ended up just not accepting the offer. To this day, I still can't believe it. And then from there, we just kept building up and up and up. And yeah, I just haven't, 
I've just been here ever since. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. How long ago was that? That was in 2019. That was the year I graduated, 2019. And then let's talk about that that first deal. So how did it go? What did you learn? What were some of the, the numbers there? One of my friends who did Forex, I, I was in Forex at one point and a long time ago, not anymore, not anymore. But she was one of my mentors and she had all these units in Atlanta. And um, during, do y'all remember when the Atlanta, when the Super Bowl was in Atlanta? Cool like a couple years ago, she made bank. Like units that she usually would probably make probably four or 500 on the weekend. She made like 20K on one unit from the Super Bowl. Yeah, wow. she made a lot. And she was <laughs> a condo and she was in a suite. And she had multiple. So I, I we asked her like, okay, what's this Airbnb thing? We're seeing your numbers. It seems fun. And she was like, oh yeah, like you can go buy a foreclosed house or you can just go ask a landlord to, you know, do Airbnb at their properties. And I'm like, girl, that don't sound legal. <laughs> so I did my own research. Turns out, it is legal. It's called arbitrage. Arbitrage seemed like the best option at the moment because my husband was in the military. And when you're in the military, things happen so quickly. And I didn't want to buy something in a city where I didn't know if I would be able to stay. Funnily enough, my first unit was a few blocks down from the accounting job I was at. So sometimes during lunch, if the unit was empty, I would go hang out. But it was never empty. But deal-wise, I contacted maybe seven apartments. It was like the eighth one I called and they were okay with Airbnb. They were okay with it. They didn't care that I was a new business. They were like, yeah, we have a couple of them here already. You're good to go. So we got into that one. The special thing about it was that it was a 700 square foot apartment, but the ceilings were 20 feet high and the windows were two. That was kind of like the shock value when people walked in because in our pictures, we didn't show it. I figured out how to get five stars. Like there are some things, I always say this, there are some things that I figured out that I feel like I should have been taught somewhere, somehow, or some somehow, some way, but I just felt like everything just came down to me and I just figured out the business and I felt like it was really a gift. And profit-wise, I was making on average like five to seven K a month on this property because, because it was downtown Norfolk, which is part of Virginia. Virginia Beach, Norfolk area. And also because I was a couponer, I was a Navy wife at the time in a new city. I had nothing to do. So I couponed a lot. So a lot of the things that you would spend in between stays or, you know, laundry, this, that, we didn't spend any money on it because I, I was an extreme couponer paying $0 for this stuff. <laughs> so we, we didn't have any overhead except for like rent and electricity and internet, honestly. And sometimes the cleaner, but I tried to clean as much as possible. So we made a lot. And I was like, let me just keep going. <laughs> that was the story. That's a long story, but that's story. <laughs> That's amazing. Now, so wh where are you guys at now in terms of your portfolio? So we're in Houston and I, I right now we're only dabbling in rental arbitrage. We did buy a house. We rented, we bought a house December 2021 and we renovated it until July 2022. Put it on a platform. We were making 10 to 15K for the first few months, but we noticed gradually. And I feel like a lot of people don't talk about their losses or their, their failures. And I feel like it's kind of a failure, but we're making 10 to 15K, really good reviews. But as soon as Atlanta, we were talking about this a little bit. As soon as Atlanta decided that they would put the restrictions, Houston saw an immediate jump in all of our, our all of the listings. And Houston's an unregulated market. So that just meant people had more options. So every month, our income just kept going down and down and down. And actually last month in January, January 2023, our booking income was $1,700. And I was like, okay, we got bills to pay. We cannot do this. And we didn't think to look back at the market, but we were doing more research on the area we initially chose. It was doing so well. But we saw that because of all the 
new options that people had, people weren't getting booked the same. We have, we honestly have about 150 to 200K in equity in the house. So we decided to go ahead and sell the property and then we'll probably do like a 1031 exchange or something. But my biggest lesson from that was if you go to an unregulated market, be ready for anything to happen in another market that can directly affect yours. So now I'm looking at, okay, next time I invest in a property to purchase, I really want to go to a regulated market. So yeah, that's my first time talking about this. I haven't <laughs> told anyone. That's awesome. That's a, that's a gem for sure. What, what do you think the correlation was between Houston and Atlanta? Like, why do you think so many people hopped over to Houston? Yeah, so the reason is Houston and Atlanta are the two biggest cities, the two biggest cities where people start in. So all of my clients in New York, I have a lot of clients in New York. They are the ones to start in Houston or Atlanta. It was always between the two. But after Atlanta imposed their restrictions and now you can only have like one unit that you own and one unit that you can arbitrage versus the 20 or 30 that most people had, a lot of people were like, oh, well, I guess Houston's the only option. Houston's the, no one wants to do the hard work work of a regulated market. No one wants to go get the permits or anything at all. So they said Houston's the easiest market to get into. So because of that, literally overnight, if you go on Airbnb, you'll see that Houston went from 11,000. And during that period, we're at like 15 now, 15K for the market and units in the market. And that it, it was a huge, it was a huge jump. Yes, demand did increase, but supply also increased. So there was never a, a point where it was like, oh, we can make more. No, no, no. It was always just, you know, they were kind of climbing together and people had more options. So our arbitrage units that we still have, though, they're doing well, but we only think they're doing well because they are very, very seasoned. They've been on the platform for years. So we have lots of reviews and people always tell us they book us because of the reviews, the, the 80 or 90 reviews they have. Nice. How many uh, units do you guys still have? Right now, so we have three arbitrage units at the moment. We started off, we sold really fast. At one point, we were like at 13, but we sold three. So we liquidated three of them. For me and my husband, the goal was always to get to ownership. So we went from arbitrage to ownership. So three of our units that were doing really well in arbitrage, we liquidated them to help us buy the Chestnut property, the one that we owned, that we renovated, you know, broke down to the studs, knew everything. And then for three more units, our landlord went from 1250 to 2000 in rent overnight. And Houston doesn't have rent control. So we had to leave those units because the numbers wouldn't work because the market was quickly changing. I think another two units, we ended up switching to a building that was doing better. And those units, they just, they profit a lot. And yeah, so I think this last year has been a lot of like trying to get out of arbitrage back into ownership. But now that we have done the ownership and we have that equity, we're able to kind of look at things differently now and just do different things and focus more on ownership versus just arbitrage. And what do you think some key skills in this industry is needed? Like what type of attributes or skills does someone need to succeed in SDR? Ooh, <laughs> can I tell you a quick little story? So like I said, when I first started, I felt like hosting came naturally to me. Like it was something that no one ever taught me how to do. I just knew. Recently, one of my clients, actually two of them, but I'm going to talk about one specifically. She has three units that are very close to where we had some of our units that we moved out of. I noticed that her reviews are really low. She had like 4.29 as an average on one of her properties. And then one was like 4.5. And y'all are in the space. You know that that's really low for someone's listing. And so I, I was like, okay, what could be happening? So I went through her messaging and I, I saw that in a way, she it, it, felt, it felt very automated the way she was talking to people. Like, 
like her automated message would come out like, hey, how you doing? And they would tell them, they would tell her how she was, how they were doing. And she never said, oh, good to hear nothing at all. But also the way she responded to people was like, girl, this is a business. You can't respond to people saying, I'm trying the best I can. Like I have other people dealing with the same thing. So I realized that in this business, you have to have a people. You have to be a people person and you have to have that skill of understanding that every single person's experience is different. I think Tesla does this really well. So recently we had a problem with our Tesla. Like one of the batteries that like had an electrical failure. It was a big deal. But I went to Tesla and I noticed that when I went to talk to the guy, he made me feel like I was the only one with that problem. And he made me feel seen, right? And literally I sat down and I happened to overhear the way he talked to everyone else. And I noticed one thing he did really well is he made everyone seem like their problems were all unique. And I think in Airbnb and short-term rentals, you have to do the same thing. You cannot be defensive if anything goes wrong. You have to sympathize with the person. It's a skill. You have to sympathize and say, I get where you're coming from. If I saw a rat in my unit, I would be upset too. Let's see how we can figure this out for you versus, you know, like I'm trying my best. Like you, you can't be defensive. And I think that's the biggest skill and it'll help you grow in all businesses, in my opinion. So oh, I love that. Yeah. A lot of talk right now about the Airbnb bus, right? Saturation <laughs> and a lot of people getting in the game. What are you seeing in your local market? Are you seeing revenue go down? Are you seeing occupancy go down? You know, what are the trends there? Yeah. So the newer properties, yes, the income's going down. And it, if, it, if anyone tells you anything other than that, I think they just are trying to sell you something. I would be careful. But I do think in the Houston market specifically, incomes are going down because supply went up so much. It's time for people to realize you have to do your numbers out. And I thank God that we know how to really analyze the market to know when it's time to get in and when it's time to get out. And we identify our exit strategies before we're even like, before we even jump into it, we know our exit strategies for this property. We knew for our property that we purchased that selling it would be an option. So when we built it, we made sure to put in family type of things. Like we put in a mud room with like the hooks and we did all these little things that a family would love. And I think that's why it was on the market for three days. And it actually, it's, well, we closed on Friday, but it sold over what we we asked for it and we sold it like 325 a square feet. The most any house has sold in that neighborhood is 280. So we definitely increased the value based on what we did to the house. Like we raised the ceilings, we put beams in the living room, the kitchen and the master. To answer your question, yes. But I do think in regulated markets, you'll be doing a lot better as long as you know your numbers and your exit strategies before you get in, which I'm really big on. And then how do you stand out, right? If competition mm -hmm. is increasing and you still want to make money, you know, how can someone do that? The only way right now, tell me if you agree or disagree. I think the only way right now to stand out in a market like Houston, if you come, is to do a, like a very, very specific theme. Not like a Marvel or nothing like that. More of like a like spa theme. But you have to go all out with it. You can't just put some, you know, a little, those little trays people have with the nice tubs. No, you have to like do a little more. Like you have to have maybe a sauna in the back. You have to do something that is really going to catch people's eyes nowadays. You can't just, you can't just furnish and throw a property up on Airbnb like you used to, honestly. I'm just going to say it like it is. It's, it's, it's not 2018 anymore, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it really comes down to amenities and design. So, you know, to your point, like those are the two factors that we're seeing in our markets where we can actually stand out and drive revenue is because we know our avatar, we know yeah. who we're marketing to, and then we come correct on the design and the amenities. If you do those two things, you can still make a lot of money in this business. Exactly, exactly. And I think if you, if you go to a market, 
market where you're not going to be breaking the bank too, you'll you'll win. Because in a market like Houston, Houston's becoming so expensive that if you wanted to do something for your specific target audience, it could get a little pricey. You would have to really pull some strings to to make the deals happen for the for anything to make sense. I, I guess for things to make sense. And to your point, you got to be able to do those. You have to be able to come through with the amenities, like the nice ones. You can't be basic anymore. Like for our property, we had a, a walk-in tub. Like it was like a the shower where you like, it's like the shower and there's like the shower in the bath. I don't like it, but apparently everyone does. But even that was like one of the biggest compliments when people were booking the property and touring it whenever it was on like on the market. So you have to be unique. You have to be different. And you have to show your, you have to show your audience that you are different. We are thrilled to announce Blue Gems Management. After building out 24 short-term rental properties of our own, we're now helping other investors buy their time back. With over 300 five-star reviews, we really understand the importance of guest experience. If you're interested in making short-term rentals passive, click the link in the show notes below and someone from our team will contact you soon. Now back to the show. We know that you're really connected in in uh, the STR space. What is some of the best advice that you've received from any of your mentors that's helped you succeed in this business? Ooh, best advice I ever received. I don't want to say all women are like this, but I know that me and my the women in my family are. But we get emotionally attached to things. I think the best thing you could do is not get emotionally attached. My husband and I were a little emotionally attached to that property that I keep talking about. We were able to identify early enough that, hey, we got to sell this. Although, you know, we put our work, sweat, and tears, you know, we have to sell it. But you cannot, even with your arbitrage units, if your arbitrage unit truly is not doing well, either you need to figure out, okay, like what went wrong? Well, I can tell you what went wrong and y'all can, you know, let me know if you agree or not. What usually go, goes wrong is that people overspend in the beginning. For furniture or amenities, they over spin and then they can't break even. So they're having trouble breaking even. So I think best advice would be like, when things are going wrong, you need to know your exit strategy so you can pivot quickly and don't get emotionally attached to your first one because it's your first baby and it took you a lot. No, if the numbers aren't numbering, you need to leave because in the end of the day, you're kind of just hurting yourself. Love that. Yeah. So that's my advice. Well, well, that's the advice I've heard. And I, yeah. There's a lot of tears, you know, selling that property. But. Yeah. In this industry or in industry, it's hard to maintain like a work-life balance. What are you doing to make sure that you have a good life outside of just work? <laughs> well, about that, in December, I got really sick, mid-December. And I am not a person to get sick. But here's the thing. My sickness lasted. I kept getting sick like back to back to back. I had like COVID. Then I had like a bronchial issue. Then I had this and this and that. And and before December, I would say for two or three years, my office mate, she pointed this out to me. She was like, here, you've never really rested. Your body's like forcing you to rest. And I haven't really learned to rest until recently and how to separate the two work and life. But now what I realized is I had to, I really had to, I had to cut out some clients. I had to cut out my hard clients, <laughs> really say, okay, like, let me use this time instead to, to focus on me. But I'm not going to lie, being married helps. Being married definitely helps because I have a husband who, I mean, he's in school full time. He's using his GI Bill. And, you know, right now we're not paying bills because his, 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 you know, the GI Bill is kind of paying our bills for us. So we're kind of living for free in a way, but he's very helpful. For example, if he sees that I'm really busy and I really can't like get up and make a meal, he'll like, you know, put something together really quick or go buy food or he just makes sure I'm good. So I think marriage helps. But for people who aren't married, I think you just have to, you have to figure out a way to find someone who can help you. Cause I think that extra help helps. You can't do everything alone. I'd be lying to you if I told you I did all this alone. <laughs> I can't at all. Love that. 
Yeah. Do you have a team or any any VAs that are helping you build your business as it stands now? Only one. So my main team member, her name is Kim. Uh, well, technically two. So I have a part-time and a full-time. Kim, she helps me with like the majority of like emailing, Instagram, like Instagram messages and all that good stuff. She does like the cleaning schedule. She lets the cleaners know when to come clean. She's more of like the management side of things and I'm able to like create. And then Daija, she's more of like the admin. So like if I need this data entry thing done or this or that, she does that. Um, so I would say 10 a team of two with Daja as a third, but it's, it's always been that way. I've always really worked alone, except for when I first started growing. I did have a bigger team. Like I had an assistant, I had a social media manager, I had all these things and they were great. But then I realized that I needed to kind of back up and go back to my roots to figure out like how to grow without a team before I grow, grew with the team. And th that's probably very controversial too, but I don't know. I just feel like people should figure out things that could work for them before they start hiring people because what'll happen is you'll realize you're not really making any money because you hire so many people and you're like, they're, they're, they're making all the decisions for you versus you making all the decisions. And I had to like realize real quick, like what's that saying? This is, I think the biggest lesson from this whole podcast, you fall hard or something like that, like fell quick or fell fast, something like that. Fell forward. Fell forward. Yes. Fell forward. So that that's, yeah. Team of two right now, two slash three. And yeah. So what are the goals for the team? Like what direction are you moving to? You have three units right now. What's the goals for 2023? The goal is to reinvest our funds into, we have a property that we're looking at. It is an abandoned property and it has four units on it. And the owner, my husband has already spoken with the owner. She's willing to give us the property. So we're probably like the goal is really to get that up so that um, we can renovate that, live in one of the units. It's like three garage apartments and like one actual house, like a single family home. So we would want to like live in one of the garage apartments, rent out the other two, probably long term, and then maybe the house short term and or test it out, you know, do some long term, some short term. But our goal really with our team and with that is to like, because, okay, it's kind of hard when I'm answering these questions because like there's the Airbnb side, but then there's a coaching side, you know, because with the Airbnb side, there's really no team. It's really just me, my husband, and then my mom who's who has her cleaning business. That's it. And then on my coaching side, there's only me and Kim. So it's really hard to answer that question. But growth wise for the coaching, it's like streamlining and writing down SOPs. And for the the, the, rent, the real estate side, it's more like getting more into ownership and exploring long-term rentals as an option and short-term rentals as well. So so are you coaching clients or students how to get into the SCR game or what are you coaching exactly? Yeah. So I teach students how to get the yes. I think getting the yes is the hardest thing, like getting yeses from landlords to, to start Airbnb. Um, that's my main thing, but I have a lot of like guest instructors. I don't know if you guys know, like Noble Crawford, Keto Johnson. So uh, a lot of guest speakers come to talk about, like Noble talks about direct bookings and government contracts. Keto talks about the ownership side of things because he, he's been in real estate for almost 25 years and he has hundreds of doors. So he teaches that side. And I'm more of like the arbitrage because that's what my specialty is. It's truly like true specialty Um. To give you an example, like one of my students, she's in Maryland, actually, Baltimore, and uh, we did some practice calls. And based on like my pitch that I gave her and all that, she got like her first yes after the first call with an apartment complex, which is like really big. I know how to get people to say yes without 
lying because a lot of people lie. Oh, I'm going to host traveling nurses and business professionals. And then that's not actually true. And, um, you know, people see that they're, you know, that this couple's coming in and this is happening. And they're like, where are the business professionals and traveling nurses? So my specialty is really telling them how not, don't lie. Like, let's let's be honest with these people because honesty is going to get you the furthest and it's going to get you the yes, the fastest and you won't have problems because a lot of this business is just problem prevention. So yeah, that's kind of my problem prevention. I I love that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's the main part of the business. (laughs) All the businesses, any business, you know. What are some of the challenges you're facing in your Airbnb business right now? I would have to say if I chose one. Okay, okay, I'm going to be honest. We had problems before, but I feel like because we understand our market and we understand our audience, we don't have that many problems anymore. If I had to put my finger on one specific problem, I can't. I think we, we've we just, we've been in the business so long that we understand what we like, we understand what we want, and we understand what we don't like and we, we, what we don't want. So we figured out how to create systems to make sure that doesn't happen. Or what about uh, a past one, uh, a past uh, struggle that you had that you've overcome and how did you overcome it? Ooh, good question. Getting booked on weekdays. That that was a big one for us. We didn't know how to do it. We were like, why are we only getting booked weekends? What I realized, I learned this actually from a Price Labs training. Like they have hour-long trainings on their YouTube channel. They taught me that the reason that uh, you get booked on, you know, weekends and not weekdays is because your week, it, it sounds so simple, but your weekdays are too cheap. No, no, no. Your weekend, your weekdays are too expensive and your weekdays are too cheap. So once we figured out how to switch the two, we stay booked throughout the month. We'll get a random booking on like Tuesday to Thursday, for example, or like Monday to Friday. And it's not unusual for us anymore, but a majority of the Houston market only gets booked on the weekends. But since we realized that switch and we were able to make that change, we were able to like, you know, do different things and, and stay booked. And we, we overcame that through Price Labs, if I'm being honest. Through Price Labs and their trainings and going in Price Labs every couple of days and making sure the prices were, making sure the week, weekdays are, are cheap enough and making sure the weekends are expensive so people are like, you know, it's still your income still evens out. Yeah. So you use Price Labs. Do you use any other software or technology? In the short-term rental business? No, no, not necessarily. Now the coaching side, that's a whole other story. There's like 10 or 15 systems, but for, uh, we don't like our only property management company or sorry, property management software. We only use Airbnb, but um, I didn't mention this in the beginning, but I am looking into getting more into direct bookings. And um, I have my website built out thanks to Boostly UK. And um, I'm actually in talks with Superhost right now or Superhog. Superhog is like a company. Y'all know Superhog, right? Yeah. So yeah, Superhog, they're, you know, getting all this stuff together for like the legal side and making sure you're protected. So um, that's kind of our, our goal is to like combine the two. And that would th- those would be the ones we'd be adding. And then we'd probably add like a property management system on top of that. But right now we only use Airbnb. Their automatic, our automated messaging has done wonders for us. Um, we only use Airbnb. We don't use VRBO or anything. We don't do direct bookings. And we've been able to maintain this for four years. But I'm ready to expand. <laughs> I want to do direct bookings now. Oh, that's impressive. Assume I'm a I'm a brand new potential aspiring real estate investor. What would be your number one piece of advice for me? Mm. So you're a brand new aspiring potential real estate investor. My advice to you would be to keep your job if you have one. Keep your nine to five because you get the lowest interest rates and you get the best deals from lenders. And well, that'll probably be my, my biggest advice is don't quit until you have honestly like five to six properties doing either short-term rentals or long-term rentals, but don't quit. 
keep that job and milk that job so you can get those properties. Um, And then also I would add on like cash, everything, like have a lot of cash going into these deals. You want to have a lot of cash so that you're not paying a lot in interest over time and you're paying more in principal, if that makes sense. So don't leave big four accounting to go into Airbnb. Don't, <laughs> don't do what I did, kids. <laughs> no, I, you know, looking back, had I known what I know now, I would have stayed. I would have stayed in big four because I mean, man, the things we went through, like when we first got our first loan and then when we refinanced, it was hard as an entrepreneur, especially a young one. Someone, one lender even told us because you guys are in your twenties, you're going to have hard times getting any kind of loans from anywhere. So it was all, it was so hard getting loans and trying to fight them on these interest rates that were like way too high. And we, we fought them down, but it, it was a lot. And they all said the same thing. If you had a W2, we wouldn't be having this problem. Had Amazing I know. Advice. I love that. Mm-hmm. Thanks. It's a good question. I wish I could, well, I don't know if I could ask you guys the same thing. <laughs> Honestly, I'll be curious what y'all, y'all would say. No. So I did exactly that. I stayed in my corporate accounting job for five years. Uh, I actually mm-hmm. just left uh, last month. And <laughs> by doing that, I was able to acquire nine short-term rentals portfolio value above $4 million because I was able to qualify for these loans, right? Mm-hmm. Had I just been a self-employed Airbnb arbitrage investor, what bank is wanting to lend to me? So I always yeah. encourage people, if you have you know a high W-2 paying job, you know, why not stay and leverage it to mm-hmm. you know, accelerate your, your process? Yes. Yes. Take the advice, people, please. <laughs> That's important. I love that. And congratulations. That's a huge deal. It's a Thanks big so accomplishment. Much. Yeah, now we're super excited uh, to have Aiden full time. So it's been awesome. <laughs> now, I've never had a W-2. Um, I played poker professionally. And uh, yeah, just always been on that entrepreneur game. So it was an easy switch to you know, add and implement real estate to my world. It was something that my wife and I always strive to, you know, get into. And um, it seemed the quickest way to financial freedom. So um, we've been able to scale. Uh, we, we own 26 short-term rentals now. And then uh, we own a property management company that does STR and MTR with another 12 to 14 under our portfolio. So, um, but yeah, if I had a W-2, maybe I would have kept it for a while and, and utilized it uh, to leverage buying more properties. If you had a crystal ball, where do you see the short-term rental market headed into 2024? I see a lot of people exiting the market. Um, I see a lot of hosts who got in for just the money and did like the just furnishing. I, I see them leaving the market. I really do. I think the market's going to stabilize within the next two to four years. But I also see a lot of people going toward the direct booking route because they're starting to see that these OTAs are really out for themselves. They don't care about us. They care about the guests. And I, I really see people reaching out to the direct bookings, but specifically MTRs, like midterm rentals. I, I see the market already moving toward it. And I think in the next year, more people are going to be looking into the the how to get contracts with traveling nurses or um, how to get contracts with insurance providers. Like hundred percent. Yeah. Already moving that direction. Yeah, it is. I, I, I really think Jesse Vasquez, I don't know if you guys know him, but he's really... Yeah 
growing. Yeah, he he's a friend of mine. We've we've been friends for so long and um, since before this whole journey. And I've seen him grow, but he has always truly been the person to go to for midterm rentals. And seeing how he has helped the market and and help people pivot has been amazing. And I, I just see people continue moving that way. Yeah, the way he described it was, you know, he said that Airbnb was in was in the fifth inning. If it's a baseball game, Airbnb has been established for quite some time. Midterm rentals are in the first inning. It's like getting yeah. into Airbnb in 2010. So yeah. we're excited to be, you know, kind of early innovators into the midterm space and, mm-hmm. you know, get in the game before everyone else figure out what works, what doesn't, and kind of yes. grow our business that way. Yes, that that's, that's, if we're talking, that's the next move that people need to be paying attention to. They need to be t- paying attention to the Blue Jones podcast too. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that. Sure. Appreciate that. Awesome. So, Kiara, if you could leave the listeners with one last gem, it could be about life, it could be about business, it could be about short-term rentals, mid-term rentals, anything you want to leave, what would you want to leave the listeners? I like controversy. Well, no, I don't, but it is pretty controversial. I know that everyone's different and we have all different beliefs, but I think the biggest piece of advice is stop trying to be in control of your own life. If you believe in God, let God be in control. Stop trying to Stop trying to make things happen by yourself because it's impossible. What's what, what's going to happen tomorrow? You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Let it happen and figure out how to deal with it. Yeah, if you believe in God, just give him control. Stop trying to do all these techniques and things to make it happen and, and really just let God, Jesus Christ, just let him do it for you. He, he, whatever's supposed to happen will happen for you. If it's not supposed to be for you, stop trying to get it. If you're trying to get into this one property and they're trying to do everything not to let you in, that, that should be a sign to you to stop. You know, like focus on something else, move around. There's a reason for everything. Stop trying to force things though. That's, that would be my one piece of advice to everyone, honestly. Amazing. And then where can people find you? Yes, you can find me on YouTube. You can find me on Instagram, both of them, Kiara Castle. If you have questions, follow-up questions, you can email me or the team at support at forthehost.com. My goal is to really help women go from like that nine to five lifestyle to being able to transition into short-term rentals and have like a really good solid income because that was my thing. I didn't really mention that in the beginning, but like, yeah, I transferred. I kind of really moved from accounting to short-term rentals and entrepreneurship because of how corporate treats black women. But um, yeah, if you if you if you are well, black women and women of color, if you are women of color, just reach out to me on Instagram, ask me some questions, and I'll be willing to help. Amazing. Thank you so much. Really amazing episode. Really appreciate it. I appreciate you guys. Are you kidding me? I appreciate y'all so much. <laughs> if you're interested in scaling your short-term rental portfolio and networking with like-minded individuals. We host a short-term rental meetup once a month in downtown Orlando. Click our link below in the show notes to register. See you at the next one. JB dropping blue gems. AG dropping blue gems. New podcast, baby, tune in. We in this thing dropping blue gems.